Welcome to The Garage. I am Dan Nichols. I am joined, as always, by Brian Sanchez. Say hi to the people, Brian. Hola! Yeah. That was really weird. Yeah. I regretted it the moment I did it. Hola. And we are joined by Tim Wesley. Say hi to people, Bear Wonder. Hey, everyone. Hey. hey. Oh, no special guests this week, huh? No, no. You're Well, you're special to us in our hearts. And that's what my mom tells me. That is what your mom yeah. says. She it's gave him okay. the stickers and everything, man. I'm telling you. <laughs> Love stickers. Love these stickers. <laughs> so this week, we're going to talk about something that's near and dear to all of our hearts, really. And we I can't believe that we've made it nine episodes without actually touching on this. That's Project Cars. Yeah, it's, we, it's we, incredible. Well, and we did touch on it. A little bit last we, week. We did t- touch on it a little bit last week with Rat Rods and Hot Rods. But I want to talk about just all-out project cars. And what I mean by this is cars that aren't off the shelf. Cars that uh, somebody in their garage spent time putting together with their two hands. Even if they had help from outside shops and everything, it was their vision that they realized through their automotive work. And I think it's wonderful. I think it's great. I think it's the true spirit of what a vehicle is. Yeah, we've talked about hot riding a decent amount but today we're gonna do like specific builds like not so much like like the the process of it or like i'm I'm talking like this person and we will name names Mm -hmm. and we will name the name of the build and we will talk about the specific things that they did to these vehicles to make them yeah we're gonna nerd out a little bit on that kind of stuff so if you're into it stay tuned Mm -hmm. Uh, but we're gonna we're gonna name names we're gonna drop engine specs the whole nine uh, yep. these, these, we have three of them specifically that we picked out. Each one of us has picked out kind of our favorite. Um, and, uh, we really would love to hear from you guys as well on Facebook. Um, yes. what are some of the ones that you guys love? And it doesn't necessarily have to be like these big, super famous ones on the internet. If you've yeah, got a buddy no. that has a build that, I mean, that you think is super cool, shoot us a picture, tag them in the post, let them know what's going on. Because we love to hear from what you guys are working on. You know you guys know people that are working on stuff. We love to hear it. We love to see what you guys are working on. But again, if you have something super crazy, like a video on YouTube from someone that you found in like Europe or something, we'd love to see that kind of stuff too. It's one of the silliest things that I do, and my wife questions it all the time, (laughs) is like I'll be watching just a random person on YouTube, not even like a YouTuber, just a guy that was like, I'm going to do something. It's maybe, may not even be that crazy, but it's just a nice build that they're doing. And I will watch to the end. Yeah. No matter how many episodes. There's something cathartic about it. Just something about watching somebody work with their hands to create. And I I thoroughly enjoy that. Um, But, you know, to that point, you know, we're going to, we got one Japanese and two American. However, I can appreciate beauty no matter what form it takes. Yeah. If it's European, if it is dirty and ugly, if it is Japanese, if it's pretty and immaculate, if it's U.S., does not matter. I enjoy that. So please, post it. Send us a link. Send us a picture. Send us some buddy contact because, you know, honestly, that's something that I would like to do is actually talk about car builds yeah and local people even especially like that would be so cool to like sit down talk with them see what they went through in order to realize their creation and realize their dream jeep guys this is your moment your moment to shine (laughs) i I know i know at least three guys that listen to this show that have jeep builds i want pictures yes this is your this is your chance 
to show Let everybody what you've built. Let's do it. But this week, we are going to start off with the bearded wonder, Timothy. Tim. That's what you call me. Yes, it is. It is. That's because that's so, what you are, sir. You are the bearded wonder. You are the bearded wonder. But no, let's start off with your build. I love this one. So uh, over the last few episodes I've been on, um, I hope everybody gets the feel that like I'm a JDM guy, right? <laughs> you are. No. Right, yes. Well, maybe. Yes. <laughs> 2004. Absolutely. <laughs> right now, I, I love classics, right? There's something about cars from like the 70s and even into the 80s, especially when you're talking about Japan, that they're just, they look good. Yes. Mm. And when they were first released, maybe they weren't that fast, but they still look good. Yeah. yeah. So the project car I picked is, uh, it's referred to as the Dimmick GTZ. It is a S30 chassis, 240Z, with the heart of a GTR inside it. I like all those words that you said. Keep saying more words. <laughs> so if, if, if you've ever seen a 240, a 240Z specifically, anything from 240 to 280, it looks like a old Ferrari. And I loved that about Nissan at the time. Is like they they saw a Ferrari Dino and were like, we can do that. Yeah, way cheaper. And they yeah, they, they did it just as good. Like on, from the look standpoint, oh my god, man! I know these things are gorgeous. Even the ugly two by two, I love yeah. those. Yeah, man, it's got a place. <laughs> you need that tiny back seat, right? Yeah, not not in Tim's garage, but there is a place. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not a big two by two guy, but so this this car. It went under the radar. Like I had never seen it up until probably the the month of November last year when Speed Speed Hunters posted about it. And actually, the title of the article was the best build you've never heard of. And it's it's such a weird thing because this guy was talking about doing it, and he's, he's in Australia. Just he's a grassroots drifter. Was talking about doing a build, and it's such a wild idea of trying to take a tiny little car from the 70s and put a GTR, a new GTR engine inside it. Basically, it's the Japanese version of a Restomod. Yeah. Truly. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. That's that's a story for a different time because there's a Fast and the Furious cast member who has a Restomodded S30 chassis car. Really? Yes, it's beautiful. Interesting. Another topic, another day. Yeah. Absolutely. So the engine that, that they decided on was the R35's VR38DETT. That TT stands for twin turbo, if you're unfamiliar with Nissan engines. Mm. <laughs> that grunt, though. Mm-mm. I mean, that, it's, it, does, uh, it says it all. There is no replacement for displacement. <laughs> Force induction does come close. Oh, man. So this car is just beautiful from like the styling of it. Cause you, ima- you gotta imagine that you start with a good looking car to begin with, right? You come up with a crazy engine swap because to be honest, that engine that came in that car initially only made 151 horsepower. Angry horsepower. Angry horsepower. Yeah. But 151 for the stock engine and then swapped out for the monster. Yeah. Monster heart of Godzilla. Yeah. Well, hold on Godzilla. to that thought. How many horsepower was the original? The original was 151. 151. I want you guys to remember that figure when I get to mine later on. Please continue. <laughs> That's not fair. No, no, no. It, it's a good thing for okay. you. <laughs> yeah. 
So from there, the the build was actually hosted or posted twice. So they posted once for all the initial bodywork, making a car that's what 30, 40 years old usable now with as much horsepower and torque that they're going to get behind that from an R35 motor. And in that, it is a situation in which um, the first hosting, there was actually kind of like a little bit of a tragedy. The guy that was building it, as he's a drifter, every drifter's mecca is Japan, went to Japan, uh, bought a car, it got wrecked, and it kind of like speed ran him to the next steps of the build. You wreck one car, what's the next best thing? Build a faster one. For sure. Yeah, it makes sense. Any gearhead out there understands. I mean, that. that's that's logical. Yeah, you know? I thought so. That was the reason why. I was just this wasn't, you know putting words. Yeah, that wasn't fast enough. Yeah. So he already had that. He already had the S30 chassis started, right? But didn't have the other components. So he goes home back to Australia from Japan and uh, decides he's gonna try to get some partners involved because it, it, at the beginning it was just him and some buddies. So in in we're gonna talk about. Pace Innovations. They are one of the leading like teams that works with the Australian Supercar Series. He just walked into their their like building and was like, "Hey, you guys want to do this?" And it's going to be a drift car, which isn't what you guys do. <laughs> Sign me up. They bought. They yeah. they bit and actually helped him work on this thing. And it was actually, I believe, at SEMA. Yeah. Well, and it, let me just. Kind of from a business standpoint, I think this was genius. For those of y'all who don't know what Australian supercar is, it's basically Australian NASCAR, but it's better because they turn left and right. Ah. And the cars still resemble and have body paneling of the cars from which they are founded on. Not just stickers. Not just stickers. But think of this. What's the biggest and baddest form of racing nowadays? Drifting. They pigeonholed themselves into this Australian supercar uh, supercar series, which can only be invested and brought to. Uh, you can only go if you've got corporate backing and you have race car drivers that have. Uh, so what do you do? The last bastion of grassroots racing, really, at the main stage, drifting. Yeah. Show them that you can build a drift car. Yeah. Didn't mean to hog that. No, you're good. And okay. I, I appreciate that because like, it's one of my favorite forms of motorsports. I don't know why. It's just lots of tire smoke. and It's fun. There's something. It is fun. There's there's an element of of performance and, and like technical ability and driver ability. But at the same time, there's you also get a little bit of like artistic expression at times. Like a bit. Like yeah. watching some it's, of this. Like it's it's a really it's style. Like yeah. It like this this style points matter and like it becomes it becomes something a little more than just I'm going to get around this course faster than you. Yeah. Like which I mean, for me, my favorite form of racing is Formula 1. I love watching Formula 1 and that's all it is. There are no style points. It's yep. it's down to the milliseconds. So, it's 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 different. It's it's a breath of fresh air when it comes to racing. I I mean, I dig it. I absolutely dig it. Yep. I mean, I yeah, it's it was hard to pick uh and I'm sure you guys will be with behind that too. Is it was hard to pick one that yes. was. I had two. And the other one happened to be a Datsun as well. So yeah. <laughs> it was actually a 240. <laughs> no, it was a, it, the, well, speaking of it, it had a SR20 in it, but it wasn't a 240. It was actually oh. a, a Roadster. Oh, I thought you were talking yeah. about a Roadster. And anyways. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. No. But is that it? 
Yeah, I mean, there's not a ton else to say about it because, like, I was looking to see if I could find videos of the car running. Um, not a ton. Was really in- interested in it because it's just so great looking. Um, Brian's going to have some links to the two Speed, Harder- Speed Hunters articles that are talking about it so you can see plenty of imagery from it. All I got to say is with what this dude's done, there's going to be more to come because both articles were posted November and then October, same year, at the end of last year. So it's a pretty new build. Yeah. Hasn't been around for long. Yeah, I can't wait to see their articles of when it's not sitting in a showroom at SEMA, but yeah, instead probably, out it, there doing what it's supposed to do. It probably didn't run. Pro- probably. probably. A lot of the cars that end up at SEMA don't run. I know. They haven't been tested, and even if they do run, chances are they're not, They're not. the bugs haven't been figured out. Yeah, they're not going right. to run for long. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. Tim with the GTZ. Yeah, yeah that's a good pick. Go. I like the it. Thing, the thing good. is super cool. I, and I, and I've, I've said this, and I will keep saying it. Every week that you're on, the more and more we talk about these older JDM cars, like you just keep pulling builds and new ones like that come out. And every week I'm just like, yes. And I'm, I'm falling in love with them more as I'm hanging out with you yeah. more and we're talking about this stuff. Things are badass. Like man. I said initially, man, like those are the cars that like I'm going towards now as an adult and I've been trying to find them and I can't. Yeah, that's, Good luck. That's the one thing I wish they were more readily available. But I guess right. that's a, some of the appeal. Yeah. Some of the appeal is that For they're sure. not as readily available. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. So, Brian, you're up. Yes. Uh, speaking of things that aren't readily available or are readily available... Um, there's probably not a huge shortage in this country of old Chevys. I mean, you'd probably go out to any field and you find, you can find yeah. them. Yeah. You, you can find them. They're maybe probably not, not the in one good shape. That, yeah. Maybe not but, the one that you're talking about, but I get where you're coming from. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I, it, it's not a big secret. I love old American cars from like the fifties. And well, into the 60s. You're, you're Cuban. And yeah, I it's mean, in we your make DNA. some jokes about me being Cuban. It's absolutely true. Um, I think I've said it on the show. If I haven't, um, if I could have one car, just pick one car, it'd be an old school, like 57, 55 Bel Air. Yes. I love them. And you the, found one, didn't you? I did find one. Only this one has a little bit different power plant than you would expect because this one has a Hemi in it. And I know what you're thinking. Mm. Blasphemy. And that's exactly what this build is called. Yes. I like Um, how you did that. That was good. Yeah, right? It was eloquent, right? That that was very good. Eloquent AF. (laughs) Just going to point that out. Um, You ruined it. uh, Yeah, well, you know. I had to to stomp on it just a little bit. Anyways, (laughs) um, if you're unfamiliar, you've heard us talk about these guys on the show a couple of times at this point, probably. but there is a show on Motor Trend TV. Motor Trend uh, On Demand. Motor Trend On Demand, my bad. And Motor Trend Channel on YouTube. Um, yes. Um, called Roadkill. And uh, one of the gentlemen on this show, his name is Mike Finnegan. And he has built this amazing old school Chevy with a 535 Hemi in it. So good. Oh my God. This thing is... It's it's just nasty and wrong and 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 ugly because it doesn't really sit square. But it, it's a gasser. It's it's an old gasser drag racing machine that just turns gasoline into noise, and I absolutely <laughs> love it. Um, it's 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 insane. Um, now, from what I understand, 
there's been there's been like two different kind of generations of this. There's like an initial build, and then after some time has passed, they've kind of upgraded it a little bit and they've changed some things out. Um, Which is project cars, right? You go, you run it, you get it to it faster. So go, hmm, it's not fast enough. Yeah, and exactly. It's roadkill. So yes, and of course that means they broke something. <laughs> Irreplaceable it's true. It's true. had to fix it. It's true. It's kind of the nature of the show. If you've never seen it, check it out. These guys it's turned so me good. on to it, and and I'm I'm kind of hooked on it. It's 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 a pretty awesome show. Um, but uh, initially, this thing was putting out 700 horsepower. Am I correct? Yes. Yes. In a car that was had two driver seats, a steering wheel. That's it. And that's it. <laughs> that's it. I mean. You want to talk power to weight ratio? Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, that this is this is the definition of four wheels and a motor. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, and uh, and that was before they've done some other modifications to it. Now, um, it's I mean, it's it's got to be pushing at least eight hundred horsepower at this point. Easy, probably more. To Easy. be completely honest with you, because it's supercharged now. It is supercharged <laughs> now. That's 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 the craziness. Is like we already started off with a seven hundred horsepower Hemi. And oh well, we need to throw a supercharger on it, right? Because you know, yeah, horsepower, yeah, you know. And keeping in mind that the original engine was cast iron, yeah, that <laughs> most of the weight was the engine. <laughs> yeah, this this thing has gone through a lot. Um, if you look at pictures of this vehicle, um, you'll you'll notice that the front end of it kind of sits up a little bit higher, and it kind of has this weird wonky stance, um, and that's because the headers had to be like custom made to go around the frame because <laughs> yeah. the engine was so large that there was no room for them. So um, we were talking about this and you said it just like this. And I think it's fantastic. The only way to get exhaust away from the engine was to take it around the frame. <laughs> like yeah. that's, I mean, you it's, it's, it's just incredible. That um, It's, it's painted flat black, um, I think now it has a gold roof on it that I saw um, no, I this don't morning. Think so. I think no, I, I, it's they did they did some more paintwork. Yeah. Oh, did they? Did, they did. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Um, See, I'm they redid they now. redid the exhaust. I watched them do a video of like redoing the exhaust today yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, and well, because just, the way that he described it is that it looked like the original exhaust because they piece and parted it together is the first time they ever made exhausts. Them two. Mm-hmm. They said. That the welds look like Ray Charles did them with their with his feet. With his feet, yeah. <laughs> that did. is that is quite the <laughs> mental image. Yeah. Thanks, Rob Kill. I would love. Thank you for that, guys. I'd love I to see that. that. I'd love to see that. Um, the 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 crazy thing about this is there's there's some stories about this build and this vehicle. Um, he apparently takes his kids to school in this thing. You would be the coolest kid ever. I I mean. That's ridiculous. I would love. I don't even get dropped off at work. Grown ass man. Yeah, drop me off at work. I don't need to park it there. Like no, I don't need to drive. Just drop me off at work. Um, super super crazy. And then the other story that I've heard about this, um, is uh, it was that was that SEMA or was SEMA fourteen or fifteen something something like that? that. It was one of the big car shows, but it was just after like the Hellcat had first come out, and uh, ended up racing. This against the Hellcat before it was supercharged. Before it was supercharged, and smoked it. That's Absolutely so cool. smoked it. So cool. 
I mean, anything that can yeah. that can hand it to a Hellcat on a drag race like that. Yeah. I mean, it's got it's got my hell yeah, like my approval. I mean, not to mention too, in one minor thing, and I didn't write it down for you, so this one's on me. Mm. Okay, this is on me. <laughs> sure. Okay, um, that cast iron block got a pinhole leak in the number seven cylinder, mm-hmm. so they had to throw it away, and they put in all aluminum block. So the heaviest part of that car got lighter. Got lighter. <laughs> I mean, come on. And it was bigger displacement. Yeah. It went from a 335 to, I think, a 350. Or a, or a 535 to a 550. 550. It just this gigantic This thing just keeps engine. getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And I it's absolutely so love it. Yes. I mean, it's not the textbook or like the typical Bel Air that I would want in my garage. Because I would like something that looks showroom new. I yes. just I love them because they just look so gorgeous. But oh my God, this thing looks like an old hot rod, but it's just, I mean, it's on steroids. Like mm-hmm. when you pop the hood, you, I mean, you just look at it like what, I mean, you don't even have to know that Chevy and Mopar are two different things. Like you can just, you can open that and you'll see that doesn't belong in there. That shouldn't, that shouldn't be in there, but no, it is. But it and is. I thank them for it. And I feel like that's going to be a theme for what we're discussing. Is I think the, so yeah. The yeah. Interesting. That shouldn't be their engine swap. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. So yep. that's that's mine. Blasphemy from the guys at Roadkill. Yep. Definitely go check that thing out. Uh, it it is a beast. It is, it is super dope. Uh, My favorite part of that is the plastic little scoop on top. Yeah, the clear yeah. scoop. Have yeah. you seen the sticker you put on it? No, I don't think I have. Hashtag that'll buff out. <laughs> Love it. I need so that. I need, I need that for my guitar case. That's kick ass. Love it. I love that. But speaking of, we're going to move on to mine. Mine's a roadkill car, too. Weird. We're, yeah, we're just going to have a circle jerk. I mean, All right. you know what? Give credit where credit's due, man. Yep. They do some cool shit. But mine is actually created by the other uh, host of the show, David Freiberger. Let's start back in the late 70s, early 80s, Okay. Um, the show Dukes of Hazard comes out from Warner Brothers. In the subsequent years, all the '68 and '69 Chargers in the world slowly disappear because they wreck car after car after car after car after car after car. <laughs> To the point that they actually had to start using their heroes for the stunts. Exactly. And then they destroyed the hero cars. Terrible. But in 2009, David Freiberger trades a guy for a set of aluminum big block Mopar heads. A rolling chassis of a 68 Charger. It is terrible. It is missing one fender. And the hood's a different color than the body. And the other fender that is still there is a different color than the rest of it. It has four junkyard wheels on it just to make sure that it rolls. It has a transmission, no drive shaft, no engine. Doesn't matter. 68 Charger. They spend six months taking this car from the like storage lot that it was at. Buying a one owner Winnebago and ripping the 440 Mopar out of the motor home <laughs> and mating it up to a gear star transmission that it was a, that was in another project car won't go into that another topic another day um, dropping it in there 
since the uh, they bought a sixty nine or sixty seven charger fender to replace the one that wasn't there. They had to finagle it a little bit to make sure that fit. And the front grills from 68, 69 chargers are so rare and so expensive, there's no way that they're doing that. So what they do, get a piece of corrugated, or not corrugated, but uh, uh, wire mesh steel sheet and cut it out, fit it in there. It makes possibly the most pissed off looking front end on a charger of all time. And that's to say is that says something because it looked pissed off from to the factory. To begin with, right? Okay. <clears throat> Remember Tim's figure of the little 2.5, 2.4. It was like 2.5. 2.5 liter making 140 horsepower. Stock engine. Come on. On the stock engine, the 440 cubic inch Mopar big block made 185 horsepower. <laughs> I'll let that sink in for a minute. Yeah. A quarter of a horsepower per cube. That's pretty much how it works out. It's terrible. But that's how muscle cars were. They were torque monsters, but didn't rev high, so they did not have that much horsepower. Horsepower is a function of torque and RPM. They didn't rev high, didn't have much horsepower, but mountains of torque. And that's what the General Mayhem had. Fast forward a year, and Roadkill gets a sponsorship from Dodge. Dodge has a test car that they have to crush, a Hellcat that they have to crush. However, the government says that they have to crush the car, not the engine. They rip out, there's a there's something that happens with another show that I'm not going to mention because I don't want to support them, whatever the case may be. Moving on. They rip out a 6.2 liter, 707 horsepower with an intercooled 11 PSI supercharger the Hellcat power plant and transmission and mate it to the rolling frame that is the General Mayhem. They uh, put in a, uh, I forget the rear diff, I forget what, but put in new suspension, but it is the traditional setup on the suspension. Put 11-inch drag slicks in the rear and pizza cutters in the front. And was then, the, that was the first time they got help, wasn't it? Like it I'm, was. I'm trying to think back throughout Road Hit. They Roadkill. sent it to Diversified Creations um, yeah. with Mike Copeland, who is a huge name in the hot rodding community. He is. He is genius, this guy. He is absolutely genius. But here's the thing. They took a 707 horsepower Hellcat power plant and went, that's not enough, and put 500 horsepower worth of NO2 on it. Nitrous oxide. They have two power adders on the General Mayhem. And here's kind of how I'm going to sum this up, because this is my all-time favorite. I, I, I went through a couple. Stubby Bob, uh, the Rotson Blasphemy, uh, Project X, which is an old project car, the longest-running project car of all time. And I landed, I can't be coming back to the General Mayhem because the Mayhem had humble beginnings and grassroots. The, the engine was out of a motorhome. Yeah. And it got a new lease of life, and it's actually lived on in a few more cars since then. But now, it's being pushed around by a Hellcat engine. 
and I'm, it, not just Hellcat engine. They took out the internals. Like the do- dash pod is from the Hellcat. It's yeah. it's all uh, the seats are. It's just it's this crazy hodgepodge, and I love it because it's not particularly pretty. It's got four different shades of paint on it. It's yeah. got a windshield. That's it. It doesn't have side windows. It doesn't have a rear. It does have nitrous oxide. It does have some really good parts on it. Yeah. And here's where I'm going to end up with it. <clears throat> the Dukes of Hazard did everything in their power to destroy every single Charger that was ever built. <laughs> it's true. And now, granted, people who are not gearheads probably don't know who may- what Mayhem is. But I was playing Forza 7. I got it on Gamefly. It is an excellent game. Go back to our video game uh, episode where we were talking about it, and Forza is my thing right now. I wish yeah. I had been on that one. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah well, we may have, we'll have to do have to a revisit. follow-up. We may have to do a we follow-up episode to that. If you'd like to hear that, let us know. But the thing is, is that anybody who knows anything about vehicles nowadays knows the mayhem. Forza 7, uh, the first class of car that I was running was old school muscle. I got a 69 charger. They have community based uh, liveries on that. Um, one of the ones that was created by the design team was General Mayhem. That's kick ass, man. So in a video game, completely unrelated to anything having to do with Hot Rod, uh, Hot Rod Magazine, Roadkill Magazine, anything Motor Trend like even. Motor Trend as a whole. They copied this crap paint <laughs> on this car and made it into their video game. Yeah. So it's undeniable to say what Roadkill has done for the Charger because it's not about making these immaculate Dukes of Hazard General Lee replicas. Yeah. People are now making General Mayhem replicas. And it's so much more doable, and it's so you don't it, the paint is so that you don't worry about driving it around town. There will come a day, mark my words, there will come a day where everybody will be able to recall exactly what the general mayhem looks like, and the Dukes of Hazard, with their bloodlust that they had for sixty nine, sixty eight chargers and killing them all, bloodlust, the bloodlust that they had will not fade into ambiguity and be forgotten but it's going to be the number two charger on the face of the planet not number one because it will be mayhem yeah that's interesting that's very interesting of all those shirts that they sell like the roadkill sells i, the, I if, love it if you're unaware of it they sell these really cool shirts that are like each of the project cars and yeah. like they're like or they're uh, famous ones anyway. Yeah, they're like two tone. Like the car is like white, outlined in white, and then it's like on a black T shirt. And then they have like one body panel that's colored. That would be the shirt that I'd buy. Is the main? Oh, that's one. kick ass. It yeah. looks cool. So yeah, man. Well, and these are only three, and two of them are from Roadkill. But look, if you're not aware that there is this huge culture around, Speedhunters.com is a great place to start. Jalopnik.com is another great one. Go to YouTube. Just type in Project Car, Mighty Car Mods, Motor Trend Channel, Hot Rod Garage, Roadkill, Roadkill Garage. There are so many out there. Get out there, see what you like, and then message us on Facebook. Let us know what you like. Give us a link. I'd love to see them. 
Yeah. But until that time, I'm Dan Nichols. I'm Brian Sanchez. I'm Tim Wesley. Now get out my garage.